0: Shut up and sit down.
1: Hello.
2: Welcome to the Dial Podcast with your hosts Matt Lebrand, Evan Bryce, and Jake
0: Vondering.
2: Sit down.
0: Hold on.
2: Show. Welcome. I'm here with uh, Mr. Matt Legrand hey, and, Matt. and Mr. Evan Price. How's it going? We are bringing you the uh, Dialed Podcast. Uh, Matt, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Okay. Yeah. My name is Matt Legrand and uh, I like long walks on the beach and uh, sunset strolls. Basically, I only listen to Taylor Swift. Uh, but I do have a Justin Bieber poster on my wall. Don't tell my parents. They do not understand me. And uh, basically, that's that's who I am in a nutshell.
2: Bravo. Bravo. Yeah.
0: Evan. He's, he's a little too humble. Uh, my name's Evan Price, a doctor of physical therapy, and I enjoy long runs on a treadmill because I'm boring. And I have a Lance Armstrong poster because I still really appreciate that guy, which is probably controversial, but yeah. Right.
2: I'm digging that yellow wristband you still got going on these days too. It's <laughs> looking good. Go, Lance. <laughs> hey, my name's Jake Vondering, and I like bicycles yeah. a lot. I'm not uh, not one to come here and talk to you guys about the running stuff and the triathlon stuff and um, other fun things in that that arena that Mr. Matt and Mr. Uh, Evan will talk to us about. But um, I bring the bicycle perspective. Um, basically, today we're going to come and introduce ourselves, which we're starting to do right now. We're going to talk a little bit more about um, this dial podcast and, and what it is that we hope to bring you guys. Um, Evan, what are your thoughts? What what is it that you want to get across to all these people?
0: Well, the the first thing is when I only moved out here since June of two thousand seventeen, so I haven't even been here a year yet. Uh, Jake being one of the first people I met, and he's Obviously, got a team and an environment he's building in Vancouver, Washington, which is blown up quickly. I guess there are a lot of people who like to ride their bikes around here, and a lot more people that are hopefully going to want to race soon. So for me, my only goal as a physical therapist is to work with this endurance community, and why not be with the fastest growing and best group of people I know? So that's why I'm here, and Matt, I just randomly ran into it. Was it a trail run or a race once? I don't know.
1: I don't remember. remember.
0: I mean... Me and Matt are both weird, so we just got along really, really well. So,
1: We're just weird. Yeah. No, I think, um, yeah, I don't remember. I think you won the midsummer triathlon. And then someone, maybe Derek was like, hey, you, you need to come like meet this guy. And then we were like, okay, let's do a, a run. And we ran together, and that was awesome. And that was that. So that's how we met. Jake? was uh similar actually it was i was there's a another cyclist in the area um named Corey, and he was like hey there's this guy in town and i can't keep up with him and and i'm like all right you know no big deal i'll go i'm tough i'm good so Uh, tough so tough and i so i uh we go out for a ride in washuga which is a hilly area in the um in this you know general region and uh We, you know, we start the first hill and I just start hammering as hard as I can. And Jake is just, you know, still having conversation with me, like pulling up next to me. Uh, We keep riding up this hill and like I crack, just I give up like halfway through the hill. And then ironically, like Corey comes by me like too. And I'm just out the back of everyone just like could not even come close to hanging with either of you guys. So needless to say, that was a, a pretty pointless effort on Corey's uh, part to, to bring me along with you guys as if I could ride with you. But fun times were had so the,
0: the classic triathlete complex yeah. is the, Oh, well, I, I ride bikes sometimes oh, I can I, hang with these oh, guys, right? Yeah. yeah, no, it's easy. It's like jumping into a pool with a high school team. You're like, I swim every yeah, once in a while. Swim. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, tell me a little bit more about yourself. You are a
2: physical therapist. Um, where do you work, Evan? And, uh, what are some of your specialties?
0: Uh, I work with proactive physical therapy, sports therapy. Uh, We are located basically all over Northern Oregon and Southern Washington. Uh, I work at the East Vancouver clinic. Uh, We are a group of therapists that is private practice, which I'm really proud of because we are not a massive machine. I think that results in a lot of quality care. So. For me, basically, the since I got here in the summer, was just building myself as the endurance PT, um, working with local high school cross-country teams and track teams, triathlon teams in the area, um, triathletes in general. And you know, I came from Ohio, where that was what I was known as in, in, in that area, and basically jumped to Colorado for a second and then came out here. So I drove my car, what is like 1,400, 1,200 miles or something. Yeah. Kansas is terrible.
2: I got (laughs) to I think one of the first times I ever saw your name, um, somebody somewhere on Facebook posted up, I, Hey, I need a recommendation for a physical therapist. And, uh, I was, I don't know, I was a little late to the party and saw this. And I, I didn't know you and your name popped up about 15 times in that recommendations list and like everybody's like, you got to go see this guy. And then I come to find out that he'd only been here for just a few months. So this guy is making a, a an incredible impact on our, uh, our local physical therapy scene for endurance athletes. And that's, that's pretty much what it was. It was a, a group of folks. Um, I believe it was a triathlete who was having, uh, maybe like a leg problem of sorts. And, uh, it was, it was pretty cool to see this. And I wonder who this guy is. So, um, it, fast forward a week or two or three, get a phone call from uh, somebody saying, Hey, I got to introduce you to this guy, Evan. And then next thing you know, i got Evan calling me because he wants somebody to, to help him with his bike. And, and, you know, the rest is kind of history. He's a great guy, great physical therapist, and he's a, a pretty stellar athlete. Matt, can you uh, tell us a little bit about some of maybe, uh, Evan's accomplishments? Yeah.
1: You know, what's interesting is, um, that was the same thing. I didn't actually see the Facebook post or anything like that, but, uh, I was, you know, just chatting with people and they're like, yeah, I see Evan. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, like, how is he? Like, I'm asking, like, Can, you know, because I think you're cool. But, like, that doesn't matter, right? Like, <laughs> you know, just because you're cool doesn't mean you're a good PT, right? So Very cool. uh, so I'm like, you know, what do you think? And, then, oh, yeah, he's the best. Like, it's cool. So that's good. Like, in. And this, then I ask later on, like months down the road, like, okay, now what do you think? And they're like, yeah, yeah, he's the best, right? So it's not just short-term feedback that's good. It's long-term feedback. So that's, you know, and I would tell you if it was otherwise, I'd be like, you're horrible. What are you yeah. doing? I,
0: I respond better to negative criticism. I always like that. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hey,
2: one other thing too. Um, Evan's one of those guys that's really unique in that he likes to give back to his community. He wants to see his community grow and thrive and take care of the folks around him. Uh, one thing that he does that I actually find to be really neat, even though I'm not a that um, you know would would benefit from this, but I got to probably go in there anyway just to get my walking gait fixed. But tell I us a little bit have. about this uh, this gait program that you got going on, where you're uh, working with runners and triathletes and, and
0: doing gait analysis. Yeah, so uh, where I work at East Vancouver, I work with Cliff Stanford, who is uh, actually a DJ in Portland too. He's a he's a jack of all trades, but he had been for a while wanting to start a running program through ProActive, and that was as soon as I got here. You know, objective number one was to get that done. And we basically developed a program where we use, we don't use a lot of data analysis. We use a lot of video and a lot of repeated analysis as we go. Um, a progressive rehab program, basically, uh, with the runners, we make sure that they're staying with us for a little bit longer than your typical patient would, especially if it's in race season. And just the the gait analysis has kind of come naturally to me over the last, I'd say, ten years. Um, I kind of always knew I wanted to be a physical therapist. It wasn't something that I. Kind of stumbled on it was ever since the beginning of high school i knew that's what i wanted to do so running gate for me and i mean we will nerd out on this podcast a lot about running gate but uh it just something that came naturally to me and i really enjoy helping people address that yeah
2: Coming to a station near you soon. Uh, Evan's going to actually be providing something similar to that. But uh, for those that like to ride the bicycle, myself included, and I uh, I can't wait to uh, actually have you go in there and pick me apart because the Lord knows I could use some help. Uh, tell me a little bit more about your aspirations with doing bike fittings as well.
0: Yeah, so um, we have been doing, we've actually just started this with, uh, uh, just straight out of our clinic is, what, is how we initially uh, are going to start it. It's, we may have to move to a different space if we need tools and obviously Jake's help being the the expert wrench in the process and also a great bike fitter but uh um there's classes that you can take through PT who uh which is what I'm developing into now and definitely going to Seattle is kind of a hub for the physical therapy specific bike fitting classes so there's a there's a big there's a lot of educational opportunities for PT in the endurance world but unfortunately there aren't a ton of physical therapists that take advantage of them so It's nice. It's a little vacuum to fill. So, so what tools are you looking
1: at for bike fitting,
0: uh, bike fitting from an anatomical point of view? For me, my first thing is I'm going to look at the person. So I probably spend, if I'm doing an hour bike fit, I'm going to spend at least 30 minutes looking at the person. Um, we can make millimeter adjustments to a bike seat or lengthen or shorten a stem. But to me, it's more important that if there's a big pelvic obliquity, just like when we look at running, like do you change the running shoes or do you change the runner? You try and change the runner. For one, it's a little bit cheaper option, and two, it's gonna give you more long-term benefits. So uh, for me, it's addressing them first and then looking at, for one, do they have the ability uh, to get into the triathlon position for extended periods of time versus the road bike? Mm -hmm. And then it's looking at things like where are their levers? So you know, at the top of their stroke, is their knee in the right place? you know, depending on how much thoracic mobility they have, can they get into the arrow position when they're there? What does it look like? So it's going for me a little bit beyond just what position are they putting the most Watts out in and where are they most arrowed to? What is this actual person's anatomy able to get into? Especially if you're racing Ironman, people don't consider that's a long time on a yeah, bike. Yeah. So Matt knows that.
1: Yeah. It's ironic. People are like, Oh, I just want to be as low as possible. It's like, no, six hours. How long <laughs> yeah. can you actually be down that low? Um, but, what tools in particular have you looked at like retool is like one of the systems and I'm not super familiar with all the software options out there. Again, I'm just bringing this back to software, which I shouldn't, but I mean, I know that that's one tool where they'll put little indicators on your knee, shoulder, elbow, what have you. And then you can track those numbers over a period of time. If you're working on flexibility or whatever it is in particular, you're working on with your position.
0: There's actually some programs on your phone that you can use. Um, some really simple programs. These apps are incredible now. uh, Cliff knows the one off the top of the head that I'm thinking of right now, but there's multiple uh, running gate analysis ones where you can measure angles, uh, and you can use those same exact programs. For a bike fit, you you can measure any angle from there, which is you you're know, probably
1: thinking of like coach's eye.
0: Yeah, is one exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's also sports metrics ones, like sports metric specific, so they'll use them for like jump testing and stuff, you know, of that sort. But it can also be used uh, for running gait or bike fitting, whatever you need. Yeah,
1: there's one that I had on my phone for bike fitting as well, and again, it's like you're measuring angles, um, you know, and it's doing that based on the video you can set up a tripod set up your phone on a tripod or whatever, and then measure angles and then kind of um, adjust that way. And it's probably not quite as accurate as something like retool, right? Because you're putting these indicators on particular mm-hmm. locations, but I mean, for the price, yeah, it's pretty re- a pretty good deal. The price as well. That was, uh, was, is a very
2: expensive uh, setup. I, th- I believe oh. a retool is somewhere in the ballpark of 10 to $15,000. Uh, plus you need to be certified through them directly. Um, which is another bit of time that you have to spit on there and, going through the process is uh, another expense. So, um, but it's uh supposedly got a good, good end result. So
0: good. So, so we've talked about me here a lot. Let's talk about Jake because we're, we're going to be talking about somebody very humble here. So I may need to like bring in Matt here to make sure that Jake doesn't brush over any of the things that the man who's grown a team from, what was it? Jake eight people last year, 12, uh, people. 10 or 12. I don't yeah. know. Somewhere in there. Roughly two million now, I think, or (laughs) (laughs) a hundred-person team. It's along with a triathlon team.
1: It is. It's pretty incredible to see the growth of the team. And then what I find more impressive than just growth is the fact that it's like it's a it's a good set of people. Like I think the team is particular about who they actually incorporate into the team, which is interesting. Uh, You know, it's it's always this process of like, okay, well, they need to come ride with us, you know, meet and greet, and just make sure that they're basically not a jerk. you know, I guess is, is the big, <laughs> the big hurdle to jump. I don't necessarily think you have to be the fastest cyclist in the world to be on the team. And it's, it's much more about like, do you fit with these people, you know, and all these people are pretty humble, you know, easygoing people. And, and, you know, can you fit with these people? Do you, you know, can you ride with them? You know, are you going to be helpful or are you going to be a problem? You know, and so it's, uh, it's neat that the team has grown so much in such a short time, Uh, and what's even more impressive is the fact that the people are all amazing people, like any of those people I would hang out with for multiple hours because I just enjoy their company. So it's a, it's a really good group, but how on earth did you put that together?
2: You know what? We just flipped on the light switch. It's one of those things where you have, um, have something that you want to do, you have something you want to accomplish and you, uh, you set up a kind of a a mantra of a you know we want to attract the salt of the earth kind of people we want to attract good people that we want to hang out with this is a sport that we're passionate about it's a hobby that we're passionate about i want to uh i wanted to you know be able to have good people that i can go hang out with on the bike i mean we spend lots and lots of hours out there so i don't need to be wasting my time with somebody that's gonna have you know that big ego chip on their shoulder or they're gonna you know have that elitist attitude that's something that that you know, it's a stigma that's attached to a lot of um, of the roadies out there. And that's where I spend a lot of my time because I'm training. So when I first moved here to the, the Camas, Washington area, I noticed that there was a lot of people out there. Um, they're out there riding. I could see them on Strava and there just didn't really seem to be much going on in terms of organization. There wasn't really a defined team here. Um, once you crossed over the the Columbia river and got into the Portland area, you could definitely find yourself some, uh, some teams and whatnot, but there was nothing going on here. So we, uh, I say we loosely, there was a a group of us that would, were starting to get together and ride more frequently together. Uh, you know, Matt being one of them and, and, you know, now Evan and a few others. And we, uh, we decided that we wanted to, to race bikes together and we wanted to be on a similar team, um, here right in our backyard. So, uh, salt of the earth people check uh there's there's plenty of those around here and they they all bonded really quickly and we made sure that um we we were looking for more of those types of people if we were going to add to this team Uh, i had no idea when we first started this team that we would go from this 10 to 15 members of just cool people that i had been doing rides with for about a year that fast forward you know, gosh, less than a year and we're we're short amount of time. We're we're pushing a hundred people on the team now, which is absolutely insane to me. You know, so it's actually become quite a process of making sure that we we guard that 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 chemistry that we're so fond of. We are, you know, taking applications and we've got people coming out and it just I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the the cycling vibe in general just naturally cultivates predominantly cool people. Um I can't say that we've, you know, been one hundred percent successful with finding great people, but um the people that we've added to the team are phenomenal so i'm I'm really excited about that and excited about what the future holds for us i i I don't know what to think though what's gonna happen this year if we had fifteen people this time last year and then fast forward out at hundred you know <laughs> yeah. well, what's gonna happen? I mean, when do we reach that critical mass? I don't know
1: well and we're i I feel like we're getting a lot of questions too because now that it's a larger group, you get these questions like, who's that orange team like that's what i'm hearing you know people oh are they oh is that the orange team and it's like so the for those of you guys that aren't familiar it's a you know it's an orange kit and it's got this like pretty cool like digital camo piece to it and so it's a really nice looking um you know just color set and it's just ends up being uh very unique from other teams in the in this particular area so then 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 when you have like this absolutely massive amount of of people that are pretty nice and easy going like i think people are really curious about the team so unfortunately you're going to have i think a lot of people kind of hitting you up and like asking you about the team and kind of like grilling you hey like what's the deal can i get on this team
2: (laughs) sure if you'd like to ride and race bikes and you uh you've got some Um, desire to, to kind of push forward and give back and, and help out. And you've got that right, uh, personality. Yeah, we're, we're not turning it off. I mean, if we continue to grow, that's great. We will definitely though, make sure that we're, um, dotting I's and crossing T's to, you know, make sure that you're the best fit for the team possible.
1: So Evan is from Ohio, uh, Jake, you moved here from California, Southern California, correct. And like in California, you, I mean, this is, you didn't like move up here and start working on bikes, right? Like, so what's, what's the background? Did you, like, have you been working on bikes for a long time? Uh,
2: individually, yeah, not professionally. Okay. It's um, something that I've I've always been an inquisitive kid, you know, ever since I was a little guy. And I used to love taking things apart, putting them back together. And, um, you know, as a little kid, too, I, I always had a natural fascination and love of riding bikes. I was just that, that crazy kid that was out riding all over my town and where I grew up when I was in high school. And I can remember being a freshman, sophomore in high school, and everybody's out, you know, do whatever the freshman and sophomore kids do. And I'm out riding my bike around my town, 15, 20, 25, 30 miles. And at that time, that was a big ride. Yeah. You're know, riding it on a mountain bike. And then, uh, naturally once you start riding your bike a little bit, things start to kind of go a little wonky, a little haywire and they need a little bit of fixing. And I, um, you know, I was always kind of one of those kids that took responsibility, and I always had a job I was working on, and I didn't want to spend my hard-earned money on getting a bike fixed, so I would actually uh, start taking it apart and fixing it myself. And you know, back then we didn't have the the likes of YouTube, so it was more of just like yeah. you know trial and error. And uh, there was a little local bike shop that I would go into, and from time to time, you know, ask a couple questions here and there, and slow but sure, you start to figure the things out and you, you get the tools that you need, you you start servicing your bike, you start figuring out what makes it ride really nice. And, you know, that that's pretty much how I got started with, uh, you know, taking with bikes, you know, and then probably about three or four years before I moved to Washington, started, um, you know, I, I had my own company doing something completely different um, in the world of, you know, strength and conditioning and things of that nature, and I had some space That I'm like, you know what I'm going to do with this space is I'm going to turn it into my own little bike shop. It's going to be my own little quote unquote man cave that we're going to have bicycles in here. And there's a couple other people who worked with us who were into riding bikes as well. I'm like, hey, guys, this is what we're going to do with this space here. It wasn't great. It was maybe 200 square feet, which is decent size. Got to, uh, got finished setting that thing up and had a cool little bike shop in there. And, um, the, the president CEO of felt bicycles was actually a friend of ours and of mine. I've known him for quite some time. He, uh, used to come in and utilize our facilities and said, Hey Bill, what do you think about maybe, uh, you know, selling some of these felt bicycles in here? And he got all excited and said, yes, let's do it. So, We had a little boutique bike shop working out of there after about four or five months after setting it up and uh, you know just really fell in love with it and it was a real nice break from the monotony of the same stuff that i've been doing for gosh almost 15 years at that point in time so really fell in love with that idea of working on bikes and 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 you know helping people get into a new bike and and you know just doing all the the things a normal little bike shop would do so once we uh we you know, decided to move out of California and and sold business stuff and, and, you know, finished that whole facet up. It it wasn't something that I could bring with me. But um, left it basically to some friends down there that were on a little team that we had started. When I came up to Washington, I really wanted to to look into that, but I didn't know anybody. I didn't know if there was a business model for it here. I didn't know if there was even that many people who like to ride bikes because, you know, six months out of the year, we're dealing with crappy weather. So, um, you know, over the course of about a year, I, I started kind of put myself out there and started working on a few bikes, and people started coming in, and that's how I really got to meet a lot of the local cyclists. So, um, you know, people ask you what you're you're passionate about and what you like to do. Uh, I used to, not used to, I still do coach baseball. I remember when I first moved here, I ended up taking a, a a baseball team and was the manager of the team, and. Uh, a lot of the parents, you know, they're like, you've only been here for two weeks and you're going to manage this baseball team. I'm like, yeah, I've got nothing else going on. I, yeah. I, the only other thing I like to do is ride bikes. They're like, oh, I know somebody who likes to ride bikes. Right. And, and that's pretty much how the dominoes started to fall. They started connecting me with with locals here. And, um, and I was really surprised at how friendly they were and how easy they made this process. And uh, you find yourself out there like getting these random texts or emails or phone calls from people you don't know. And they're like, hey, you want to ride bikes? I'm like, absolutely. We're going to be best friends just because we like to ride bikes.
1: (laughs) You're my new best friend. Best friend.
2: friend. So, um, you know, one thing leads to another. You meet one cyclist and they introduce you to two or three more. And it's just it's a viral thing in in our community. And that was another thing that really shocked me is that there's all these people and they all kind of know each other, but they were never really doing anything formal. They were never really riding together um doing like a structured ride and where I came from it was Monday through Sunday there was you know at least two rides a day that you could pick from that that they would start at the same spot at the same time and they would go almost year-round there was none of that here and do you think
1: the the local bike shop that you grew up when you were little still exists um that is a really good question um No, um,
0: we should definitely look that up that would be cool that will definitely be
2: something <laughs> very a, cool to right. look up totally totally <laughs> random thought but yeah yeah just
1: curious yeah
2: so anyway um yeah it's just been a lot of fun getting to know the community here nice nice and giving back i mean that's one of my big things i want to give back and, and make this this place kind of known as uh as a, a cycling town i want this place to to really kind of thrive on cycling and what i love about you know matt and evan they're they're kind of of the same mindset and they both love themselves some bikes but they're like really big about making it the same way with the endurance community whether it be triathlon or running or what have you cycling as well
0: i think for for me coming out here too it was I think the the, the Midwest. I, I always hate using that term Midwest because the right. Midwest technically stretches from what? Oh, it doesn't make any sense. Right, like, like Ohio to Wyoming. Is that in, the Midwest? Michigan
1: is the Midwest, but they're on the they're on the East time zone, yeah. like the easternmost time zone. Like like that makes no sense. Roughly northeast, <laughs> if you're
0: actually looking at the map. But yeah, that's. I mean, when when you look at that area, amateur-wise, in the sports of triathlon and even cycling to some extent, you have awesome athletes developing out of there mm-hmm. and then they leave that region is the problem so it's funny when i came out here i run into so many people from the midwest but everybody says the same thing when they get out here that this is the most like it's such an awesome area for the 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 endurance community because it's not like the boulder or the southern california where it's satur it's very saturated very competitive there's a lot of elite you know attitudes there a lot of awesome people but a lot of elite attitudes you come out here and just like jake said oh, you ride bikes, I ride bikes, well, let's ride bikes together and be best friends, you know, and that's how running is, I mean, right. the first time I ran on Heritage Trail, I think there wasn't a single person who didn't say hello to me, and I am not used to that, I'm used to Midwestern introverts,
1: and <laughs> just, yeah. you know, keeping to yourself. So, to take a couple steps back, uh, we we talk about, you know, this little town that, that we all live in, and it's um, the... This, City that we are in currently, for those of you guys that are listening to us and aren't actually, um, you know, our next door neighbors, uh, this is the town is called Camas, Washington, and uh, it's very, very close to Portland, Oregon. I would consider it a suburb of Portland, Oregon. We're just north of the river, so uh, if you've ever flown into the Portland Airport, we're kind of um, we're kind of north of Portland, up in the north. I guess, east area, uh, there's, a, there's a larger town, Vancouver, Washington, uh, which is confusingly named, but, um, but that's the, the larger suburb of Portland um, that's, again, right over the river, and we are due uh, east of that. Um, and so, you know, Evan's like two miles from here is where he lives, and that's technically Vancouver, so it all kind of blends together. But, uh, but that, just for any of you guys that are listening – and um, and weren't sure what we were talking about with within the Northwest is that that's particularly where we're you know where we're talking about and that's like where we live.
0: And yes. then just to to give some background on Matt here, oh. Camus nationally for the running community is knows weird. knows the name Camus High School being one of the best high schools for running in the nation. Yeah, that's that,
2: weird. Yeah, thank you, Evan. I was just going to bring that up, Matt. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your um your involvement here with the community and some of the things that you do here for the, the high school?
1: Well, I already talked about my, my uh, love of Taylor Swift. So that's, you know, that's important. Um, so uh, we were talking about Camas is you know, this, this small town in the Portland area. Uh, it strangely attracts like just talented runners and a lot of talented girls in particular. Um, you know, we've just had some really amazing runners come through here uh the girls team i think in the past i helped coach the um camus high school team and i think in the past like five years they've won state like three or four times i mean it's absolutely ridiculous they they may have been like second last year but they tend to do very well and you know we just reload with this just ridiculous talented girls i don't know why i don't know if it's like the water or what but like there's just you know and jake's nodding his head over here but uh, he has a daughter and it's just like, you, you're just like looking, you're like, oh, wow. Like anywhere else in the country, you'd, you you know, you'd have coaches like clamoring to be like, Hey, this girl's going to be good. I can already tell. And it's just like, no, Camus, she's just going to come on the team and she's going to have fun with her friends and she's going to, she's going to dominate, you know, just like everyone else does at Camus. But we're just lucky, you know, um, we have a good group of coaches there, you know, there's like three of us and we all get along well and it's just, it's a fun group. Uh, but the talent is just, it's, staggering uh, you know
2: it's just it's a funny thing that you talk about the track and the cross country being talented but the, the high school itself has some pretty talented athletics i mean they just what two years ago won state and were nationally ranked for football they do well in football the right. the girls soccer team two years ago if i'm not mistaken soccer, went yeah. undefeated and we're ranked number one in the nation for women's soccer that's yeah. pretty phenomenal so i mean there's definitely something in the water Matt. yeah i don't know i don't
1: know what it is but there's um You know, one of it is there's there's good numbers here uh, and the weather is conducive to, you know, doing a fair amount of training. You know, yes, there's rain, but that doesn't seem to slow too many of us down. No, I think it's I think it's just kind of this cool little spot, you know, for yeah, we definitely have
2: a pocket of some great people. And Evan alluded to this a little bit as well when he would do his little runs on Heritage Trail. When I first moved here, I, I, you know, came from Southern California. There's some good people down there. I have some good friends, and I don't want to disparage that area. But uh, there are a lot of folks down there who have ulterior motives, and you really get that that sense of like, you know, people start talking to you. They're a little overtly nice to you. It's like, all right, what does this guy really want? Or was this lady really want from me? And so you come up here and you start getting that that same vibe of like, hey, I'm here to help you. What, what can I do for you? Let me reach out and let me do all these things for you. And you've got red flag, red flag, and like and you come to find out like, no, these people are honest and sincere and genuine. I'm like, I'm going to love living here. This is a good thing. You know, there, people are here to help you and they're here to give back and they're helping you, you know, you know, plug into communities and they're taking care of you. And Lord knows if, if one person has one little small hiccup or sidestep or something goes wrong in their life, there's 20 people waiting in line to, uh, to help them out with anything and everything. It's a great community.
0: Yeah. And just, for, for myself, when I moved out here, and do, to go off Jake, not disparaging Ohio at all, I'm very, anybody who knows me knows I'm very proud to be from Ohio, probably annoyingly so. Yeah. I probably talk about Ohio a little bit too much. What's wrong with that? LeBron James. But uh, <laughs> uh, when I came out here for my interview, I was living with my buddy in Colorado for a couple months, and uh, came out here and met with Steve Allstott and Ryan Nall, who own, uh, Steve is the owner of Proactive, Ryan is the clinic director at where I work, and talked for hours and hours like we had been friends forever and just already knew that this was the place i wanted to be went for a stand with my buddy in portland went for a run on forest park and uh i think i've told matt this story ran straight by
1: galen you know just yeah just, just i mean background forest park is um this very large you know uh trail system and it's it's the largest city park in the u.s it's bigger than central park in new york city but it's it's kind of divides the city and it's uh it's very like mountainous there's a lot of hills but man you can run 100 miles of trails it's ridiculous it's fantastic but you'll see you'll see pro runners run there and he was he mentioned galen rupp who is the american record holder in the 10k and a silver medalist in the 10k and also um moving on to the marathon now yeah Yeah. he won did he win chicago i think he just won chicago marathon yes i think so uh, but I've seen um, other, you know, I've seen uh, Paula Radcliffe, who's a British runner, who has the world record in the marathon, and, you know, just tons of runners, you know, because they'll come to visit Nike, in the which is in the Beaverton area, and where they go to run, they always go to Forest Park, which, you know, it's just a nice trail system. So you come in here, and you're like, oh, this place is okay. You know, you get to go run with the Olympians and the world record holders, and they're all running the same trails.
0: And then just being the tri-nerd out here, too, when, uh, you know, obviously Gwen is... Right around here is part-time of the year.
1: Right. So Gwen Jorgensen is the gold medalist in the, um, what's her background?
0: Uh, she was the gold medalist at Rio. She Rio. ran collegiately. She was a great swimmer too. She- got picked up by USA Triathlon, you know, kind of got r- recruited to be a triathlete. Right. And now she's, after having a kid, moved on to being a, a professional runner. So she's going for the marathon distance now
1: i mean, she just ran, ran
0: just ran low 15s in a 5k
1: yeah 15 oh nine or was something that what was? like that okay. wasn't it so, yeah. something right around indoors there? which is a little trickier although the indoor track that she ran it on was a 300 meter or 304 meter track so it's a little bit longer than a standard indoor track but which makes it a little bit easier but still i mean she ran like a 30 second pr in the 5k which you know when you run collegiately dropping 30 seconds you don't see that too often so that's that's nice.
0: That's uh, scary for all triathletes out there. That those types of runners. I mean, talking about those types of runners, we have like a Morgan Pearson, a guy out of uh, Colorado, ran for CU. Oh. Uh, my my buddy's helping with his strength uh, program. Chris Lee out of Boulder's helping him with his strength uh, program. But uh, this is a guy who's run, you know, well under fourteen. Yeah. And was, you know, pro runner and now picking Switched up to triathlon, just decided that he can swim well and he's going to jump on a bicycle and give him one year and he'll be, yeah. I mean, he, the, he he's
1: already killing it. Give him another year and he'll be flying. The biking just takes time. You just throw miles at it. Right. It's good. Right. It's mm-hmm. a great sport.
2: There you go. All right. Hey, let's talk about this dialed cycling, not cycling dialed uh, podcast that we're doing here. Uh, there it's is me. a big, there is a big dialed cycling undertone here. So sorry yeah. for, uh, for the misstep on, on dropping that. Anyway, Matt, tell me a little bit more about what it is that you would like to, um, bring to the table and what you would like to see future, uh, episodes entail, uh, some stuff that you, you think are your, your, sweet spots, your, your, your uh, your expertise and well, in, in what you'd like to get out of this thing.
1: Uh, well, I'm here to learn. So, I mean, you know, you're, you're going to constantly hear me asking questions like, Hey, you know. If you were uh, wrenching on a bike and you had one tool, which would it be? You know, like or like, what's what's the fun tool that you want to pick up to play with? Or you know, just stupid questions like that. You'll you'll hear stupid questions for me a lot. Uh, you know, as far as like, you know, um, I think what you're you're getting at was like, you know, what what do you want to talk about specifically? You know, topics that I would be strong, you know, in discussions. Um, you know, I I would say uh, any sort of endurance training um, regiment, like. I think, you know, we've studied, you know, how to set up programs for endurance athletes. Uh, so, you know, things like that I, w- I would enjoy, you know, I would have probably more discussion amongst our groups. But, I, you know, I don't know that there's anything in particular um, that I really am dying to talk about uh, other than like picking your guys' brains and, and kind of getting some feedback on, you know, other fun stuff that you guys like to chat about. So, um yeah that's a tough question i okay. don't know if i have an answer
2: how about you evan What what is it that you'd like to talk about what do you what do you see uh the dialed podcast being what do you what do you want to want to talk about and, and discuss and, and kind of dig into
0: here here purely for for comic relief and anatomy nerds so anything that we can talk about biomechanically i'd love uh all the way from cycling to how to train endurance athletes just like matt was saying all the way to i think the the, the cool thing we can do with this podcast is is kind of highlight as dial grows and as the cycling community grows and as the endurance community grows is highlight, you know, local stars, local amateur stars. There's a lot of, yep. I mean, in the endurance community, we love to talk about our, our superstars and the people that we look up to and who's doing what in the Olympics. But, I mean, there are amateurs in this area and in surrounding areas that are working full-time, have families And, you know, maybe it's time to start talking about their accomplishments and those guys who are killing races while working 50 hour weeks and have kids. And, you know, I mean, we we never get to hear about those guys. And I know in the triathlon world, I can think of a few off the top of my head that are guys who race and train like pros while somehow maintaining full time jobs and doing all, you know, that all that family stuff, which I don't know anything about these two guys Mm -hmm. are. They, yeah. they they do the family stuff.
1: Both Jake and I have three kids, yeah. so... I have
0: I have zero kids, but I have two bikes. So. Yeah, two bikes, yeah. yeah. And a lot of running shoes. There you go. Yeah. Great.
1: Well, so, Jake, same question for you.
2: Yeah, I, I really want to kind topics. of elaborate a little bit on what... Not elaborate, but add to what uh, Evan was talking about. Basically celebrating some of the local heroes here and talk about things that they've uh, accomplished. And um, I'd also like to dig into some of the local events and, and maybe even, you know, dive into some of the national stuff as well but we're going to keep it somewhat local centric here for the time being but taking a look at the the race schedule as it pertains to all things bikes um, we have a a pretty uh detailed list of uh triathlons that that happen here and i'm sure that matt and evan can definitely dive into those a little bit more depth um i really like to uh even get into some product reviews talking about some of the different things that that we all kind of love and covet and you know as a cyclist there's all kinds of little uh, gadgets and accessories and and you know training aids and things of that nature that that we absolutely love and adore and there's always that that one thing that we've got our eyes on that we're really wanting to, to get our, our hands on to you know dive into some of that as well
1: yeah and it's sometimes hard right with products and it's almost like i'd almost the some of the discussion that might be even more valuable is things to not waste your time on you know like, oh yeah you know i just think that there's you know you, there's just there's so much stuff out there you know triathlon's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous cycling's pretty bad but not nearly as bad as triathlon but there's just stuff that's just like yep that's a waste of time skip it you know mm-hmm. and if you have someone to have to, you know provide feedback for that you know that little thing is like okay good i don't have to waste my time or money on whatever it is xyz whatever like you know are clip-on arrow bars good yeah they're fantastic you can really cut a ton of time off you know if you bring in your elbows you know just weird stuff like that that some of us are probably going to have way too much detailed information on uh whereas you know like or you know what about the you know i can't think of something off the top of my head like what about the you know neon green bar tape no that's not going to make a one, difference one know. water bo-
0: bottle cage versus two yeah. on the rear yeah. I, I just had an argument about that today that's okay. the
1: stuff that we argue about in
0: triathlon yeah, so just, we need to have just nerds we need have more to do <laughs> yeah was, but uh going back to Jake too he's also an obra member so board member so that is going to bring in some interesting conversation too so obra is what that's the Oregon Bicycle Racing Association it's
2: the governing body for all things bike racing here in uh, southern Washington and the state of Oregon as
0: well okay how far into Southern Washington does that go? Is that just the Vancouver area, or
2: nah, pretty much? It's it's just because of our proximity to Portland. Right. That makes sense. So, yeah. um, you will get some folks that will be Ober members. You don't have to live in the state of Oregon to be a member. Um, but there's people probably you know a third of the way south of in the southern part of the, the state of of Washington who are a part of that.
1: But as far as Oregon goes, it does encompass the entire state, right? Or the Obra does encompass the entire state, like as far as... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I know on their calendar, they list races, you know, yeah. all the way down south, basically. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're all over. i they're looking for races, and I'm like, that's too far. <laughs> exactly.
2: They do have some races here in Washington as well that some of the promoters put on. Um, and there are members actually from Idaho as well that, uh-huh. that actually come, because there's not much racing going on in Idaho, at least not that I know of. Um, but they'll come over the the Washington races, and they'll come down here for the Ober races as well, so...
0: I may be wrong here. We may have to fact check this, but does Idaho have the most, like, miles, square miles of national forest in America for the state? I'd heard somebody say that somewhere. Which makes me think that they cannot have a lot of bike racing options. So,
2: you have an assignment now for our next podcast. Don't worry, I'll research that, everybody. And there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, right now, someone's listening and Googling at the same time, Alo- yeah.
0: along with what Gwen's indoor 5K time actually was. I'm sorry, Gwen, if I was <laughs> yeah. wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've actually
2: started to uh, do a little bit of work for us, too, to line up some guests to have on the show for, um, you know, different, uh, you know, Companies or manufacturers, or you know, apparel or uh, gadgets and whatnot. So um, we got the people from uh, BMC Bicycles, who is a, a team supporter of ours. Um, I've talked with some of the folks over at Garmin. I've talked to some of the folks over at Castelli uh, Sports Performance Wear. Um, we can bring them on and we can kind of pick their stuff apart and let them kind of tell us a little bit about what makes them, you know, special. And um, you know, we can uh, you know really dig into that a little bit as well. Maybe we can put them on the hot seat a little bit if we. uh, we see a, a glaring issue that needs to be resolved. And I'd like to uh,
0: put in a plug for, uh, I'm also part business owner in a company called Edge Cycling Technologies. And uh, I'm a part owner with Shane Page, John Mesengal, and my little brother. My little brother's our engineer. He uh, got all the brains in the family. So we are uh, now in development with a saddle uh, that we are going to be distributing here very soon. So bring in Shane, the the, the mind master of this entire Uh, business on at some point to talk to would be would be really cool too because in the in the world of cycling the international you know size of these companies is huge so it's kind of cool coming in with a small company seeing what this world actually looks like once you get into it
1: so yeah yeah I'd love to hear any sort of information on saddles Mm -hmm. I mean that's just like critical part of the cycling piece here it's amazing
0: how saddles have not i think the 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 reason that me and shane got real passionate about coming up you know it was shane's brainchild and then we developed this saddle was i don't think anybody had looked at the anatomy of the human body when creating the saddle and it basically has not changed in however long saddles have been out there i mean when you look at the pure like the pure shape contour and idea behind the saddle outside of the materials changing the actual position hasn't and you look at you know the amount of uh this one we get into the anatomy is you know the the amount of neural damage that's caused from that yeah. long term is what i think keeps a lot of people out of cycling oh yeah so yeah
1: especially like getting cyclists i tell people like you're looking at like two weeks of pain mm-hmm. you know oh i can't i can't saddle. feel anything
0: down there and haven't for like a decade now so yeah, that, yeah well you start, you've you been biking a long. that long. may be a problem
2: <laughs> what's this down there place that you refer to i, I, I don't know if i can feel that i don't, <laughs> I don't know if i felt that in, in a decade <laughs> <I think> So
0: <laughs> yeah every everybody be b- 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 wary. that's that's a process of getting into cycling but (laughs) yeah
2: hey one other thing too some race recaps so we've got a lot of local racing here i mean there's no shortage of runs and triathlons and bicycle races where we live Uh, pretty much starting in the, the end of february and gosh, they'll go until the end of uh, November, beginning of December. So we've got something on the calendar almost every week, and there's going to be plenty of things that we can talk about.
0: The the bike races will be so much more fun to talk about. Me being, even though I am a triathlete, I come from bike racing, and it's, I mean, the the any of you have done a bike race. The amount of discussion that goes on after a bike race, I think it's going to be cool for us to bring in a couple of the dialed race, you know, the dialed racers and highlight who did well in the race and just talk about the race dynamics. Cause me and Matt both know eh, talking about a triathlon, you know, it's like, Oh, well I swam and then I put my head down and wasn't really sure what was happening. And then the race was over. Yeah. Well, I mean (laughs) the
1: race just unfolds differently in a triathlon and biking. It's, it, there's, it's, I could see you know us sitting around with beers and talking about a race that had just happened or something like that being really enjoyable. Beers uh, are crucial. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's critical. We'll have
0: to hit up
2: our uh, sponsor hub. yeah yeah, Hopworks urban brewery. yeah, they're, they're taking good care of dialed.
1: Um, so if people have questions or topic suggestions, sure. where can they, where can they send those?
2: They can send their inquiries, their questions, their comments, their concerns to info at dialedcycling.com.
1: Okay. So it's email address. And then is there a website or anything like that that people can read if they want to read more about, you know, dial cycling or anything like that?
2: Sure. Yeah. It's the same thing. Dialedcycling.com. Hop on that website. Um, There's plenty of places in there that you can interact with us and and leave some comments on different things. Um, You can, you know, give us some, uh, some stuff that you'd like to see on the website as well. And we'll hopefully have these podcasts posted up there for everybody to listen to um, at their leisure as well.
1: If a listener is on Facebook, is there any place they can kind of connect with us that way?
2: Yeah, there's two places that I would recommend. Um, we do have a team site, but we kind of reserve that for the, the teammates. But there's a dialed cycling club. Uh, okay. We've got the dialed triathlon club. And we've also got the uh, just the, the the general dialed cycling uh, webpage that you can
1: hop onto. And Facebook was recently in the news, and a lot of people are just dropping, dropping Facebook like a bad habit. I'm you staying know? with it. You're sticking it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stick this one out. I'm going <laughs> to wait for
0: this to go. I'm going I'm to wait for this, this to blow this over. This
1: going to blow over. But if they're not on Facebook and they're on something like um, Instagram or... The Twitter. Uh, the Twitter.
2: The Twitter. You know what? I don't do the Twitter. I, I've tried. I, I think I've tried three times, and I just can't. Okay. I just can't. It's I have to a, be
1: explained to the
0: hashtag to me. I still haven't really, you know, oh, I like okay. Instagram better. Well, the, we can have a yeah. whole
1: episode talking about hashtags. <laughs> we should, we, we, yeah. we,
0: we should bring on somebody to convince us that the Twitter's worth it. So, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. We do have a, an Instagram page as well, the Dowd cycling and the Dowd cycling team. Those are our two different, um, instagram pages where you can see
0: a couple pictures on there and i'll be posting any of our podcasts onto facebook for all of you people who mm-hmm. are staying staying with them you know yeah. Evan hey, price one thing real quick we didn't get into what it is that
2: you do matt we talked about mm-hmm. me and doubt cycling we talked about evan and, and proactive I'm, physical I'm, therapy tell reti- us a little bit about retired. you you retired i'm huh? tired yeah
1: <laughs> no um i write software um yeah so mostly mobile software is typically what i dabble in uh so yeah i mean i do coach um but that's uh, more of a uh part-time thing in the fall. My main gig is is writing software. So, uh hence why I can, you know, skip out of work and and come hang out with you guys, drink beers and talk about whatever on a podcast. So, Good yeah. stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Or sneak out for bike rides in the yeah. other day.
2: Yeah. Matt does some pretty cool stuff and we'll talk about it in uh in future episodes, but he's uh he's got some cool things going on. He's a pretty creative dude. He gets out there and gets it done and he's got some cool things going on with his boys as well. Some uh oh, you yeah. know like what is that like toy reviews and you getting into a little bit of like some Lego stuff, which yeah. is like near and dear to my heart Grew up Okay. Like yeah. So all yeah, about Legos. Legos.
1: So, yeah. So, um, I have three boys and they're young. Uh, seven is my oldest. So seven, five and 3 it'll be three next month. And, uh, so, yeah, so, you know, we started to like, just put together a little, you know, uh YouTube channel where they just open up Legos and do stupid stuff like funny stuff. I had, um, my oldest kid go for a run with me, which is really cool. I'll show you this video. Um, maybe like after the show, but, uh, you know, and I just videotaped him on the trail running around on the trail, which is super fun. And he, he ran, I think, four miles, and he was exhausted. It was hilarious. Was, this,
0: was this the seven-year-old ran yeah, four miles? Yeah, this is my seven-year-old. Wow, yeah, that's and, a lot of steps. But
1: mostly on their on their YouTube channel, they'll like open up a Lego, and it's pretty fun because then I'll put a time-lapse video on, and yeah. they'll like build a Lego. So, yeah, so, I mean, if you guys are into Legos, and you... Oh, yeah, definitely into Legos. Oh, yeah, so you should check oh it out. Where
2: gosh. can I see this video, Matt? Which one? I want to see this video. Where can I see this video the, at?
1: Oh, okay. Um, It's called LeGrand Toys, the YouTube channel. Um, so if you search for Legrand toys and it's L E G R A N D, toys uh, on YouTube, you can pull up the channel and you can subscribe to the channel if you're into children's toys, uh, and um, and you can just yeah give us a thumbs up, it'd be fun. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you, Matt.
0: Is this also open to people who do not have children? If I just want to look at Legos? No, no, <laughs> you're no out. it's not okay. It's fine.
1: But I'll, I will show you the trail running video.
0: That's that sounds fun. Yeah. All
2: right. Well, before we wrap this thing up, real quick, what's your key uh, key race that you have for this year? What, what's your big A race for the year, Matt?
1: Okay. So um, in November, I raced an Ironman race. Uh, so, you know, I'm actively recovering from that. Uh, you know, maybe another couple years I'll I'll you know maybe get back over the humping and, and get back into some something. He's, he's gonna be out there again this yeah. year. He will be. No, Give uh, this guy two weeks, he can get fitness. No, back. I'm gonna I'm gonna race this summer quite a bit. Um I'd like to do at least a couple of bike races because I just really enjoy like riding with the team. I don't think I'll do extremely well, but I, I would love to I mean, I just think our team is fun to to ride with. And then on the triathlon scene, there's just a handful of local races you know, between, you know, here and kind of like the Bend area. So Bend is is in Eastern Oregon. Um, So I won't go too much further than that. Kind of so this area, I'll stick around and I'll do a couple races. So I'll probably do kind of that. The the most I'll do is kind of like that half Ironman distance. No full Ironmans this season. Uh, And I don't know how serious I'm going to take them. I I might just like cruise through, you know, maybe um, six to eight races or so this season. And just like, I don't know, like, if my legs are bugging me, I'll just either drop out of the run or I mean, just cruise them and, you know, high five Evan as he wins the race. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, competitively wise, but I don't I don't think it's going to be a seriously um, competitive season for me. Um, so I'm I mostly planning on just trying to do some fun stuff, like maybe videotape some stuff and go. just try to um, just try to like get out there and and have as much fun as possible some
0: some background on matt real quick because he's being super humble right there he ran at alabama correct
1: i did yes and
0: he ran pretty quickly for the 10k would you like to, to say the time there matt?
1: no no i mean so if you're a competitive runner i think you'll get the feel of like where i was i was like 31 low you know for 10k Which for, you know, some people, you know, if they're cyclists or triathletes, it's like, oh, wow, that sounds super fast. Um, But if you're, you know, if you're a collegiate runner, you get the idea like, okay, he's a mid-packer kind of guy. Like, you know, not a superstar. Um, Definitely not like NCAA champion type territory. Uh, So, yeah. So I ran collegiately and I ran, um, you know, of course, all growing up you run uh, if you're going to run collegiately And then uh, I was able to run... um, at that division one level and go to the NCAA championships for cross country and just do some really cool stuff like travel for running. It's just like, it's just such a good experience, you know, being in your 20s, you know, early 20s and being able to do some of these cool things. So that was, that was awesome. And, you know, I'm like you guys, I just wanna like give back to this sport, like whether that's cross country or triathlon or cycling, like it's just, it's been really good to me and that's important to me for for me to give back, so Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. And yeah, Matt definitely has himself some horsepower under the hood. And don't let him mm. uh, fool you. He uh, he can take himself very seriously when it comes down to uh, getting it done in a race. Uh, Matt, you want to remind us what your time was in that, that most recent Ironman you did?
1: Uh, 955. 955. 9 the sub-10 club.
2: Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. have... Uh, it's a long race. Team. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Yeah. I, yeah i mean you know you have your ups and downs and so uh, i was pretty determined to break 10 and uh almost didn't almost didn't happen so but it did uh, but, but it, it did yeah. somehow we, will, it we will, it
0: will definitely in this podcast get into talking some sure. nutrition and yeah. race day long because i think be the biggest difference i think from the cycling to the triathlon world is how you nutrition during the race cycling you eat obviously most of that race especially once you get to that you know pro one two races where they're longer races triathlon it is you got to be careful with what you're eating and how you're doing it because you got to jump off that bike and run and anybody who's been halfway through a race before when nature calls knows that that is not a situation that you want your gi system to have to get into
1: yeah i mean it's almost like the whole gi issue is just like running running in gi issues that could be a whole episode right like oh yeah you know there's there's so many like world record you're on world record pace in the marathon or whatever it is and you know you just see these people like nope they're done they're gonna hit the porta potties the rest of the time like that's just a constant yeah. thing like if you go back and you look at the history of marathoning you'll see this stuff happen and you're just like yeah. oh that's just so tough the stomach issues that people have in that particular event you just feel for them. such a bad situation yeah mm-hmm. yep
2: good stuff how about you evan what do you have uh what do you have targeted for this year do you have anything on your uh race calendar for the year
0: yeah i've got um I was just talking with some of my buddies. I'm, I'm not sure how many more years I'm going to try and race quickly. I know I've got a couple more left in me. Um, as life gets busier with business and PT and trying to grow myself as the guy treating these people and not the people racing these people. Um, this season I'm starting out with, what, in like two weeks here, Beaver Freezer? Is that in two weeks, man? April 5th or 7th, right. yeah. which is a sprint uh, triathlon at Oregon State University in Corvallis. Um, since I do not know this region as well, and I've not been to Corvallis yet, so that'll be fun. And then I'm going to race the North American 73 championship. 73 is half iron distance, uh, at St. George, uh, in Utah. And that's May 5th. And then from there, it's going to be a couple more 73s Pacific Crest, which is a racing bend. Yeah. Correct.
1: Your door. Yeah. That's yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize you were going to run that. So yeah.
0: And then, and the season on nationals, uh, Olympic distance. So that'll be in Cleveland, Ohio this year, everybody. Yeah, Ohio. Ohio is bringing the Olympic distance national championship home. So,
1: and so more background on Evan. I mean, he is super competitive. My, my understanding is, you know, when he races, it's, he's going to win the race. It's almost unfair, but, uh, no, it's, it's, it's really going to be fun to have you race in this area. And I think we're lucky that you're around to to either train with or race with or, you know, either that or just give advice to some of us that are, you know, not necessarily as fast. But for for the PT side of things, I do think that um, having you still do some competitions is fun because, you know, it's nice to know like, oh, yeah, this guy's, you know, not just giving you advice haphazardly. He actually, you know, goes out there and and is doing this stuff. So I hope you keep racing for quite a long long time. Yeah, I
0: think I... I I think at the beginning of every season, in my now, geez, why have I been easy? eight rear, eight years now just yeah. triathlon? I think um, each uh, each year at the beginning of the season, any triathlete knows you have that burnout effect where you're saying this may be the last year I do this, and yeah, then you get through your race season and you know you you get that fire back and you have a good season and you want to get back at it. But yeah. um, I definitely have some aspirations to do a season of ultra trail running. I definitely yeah. want to. I definitely want to get into some hundred mile races. I want to do some like enduro cycling racing, gravel grinding sort of racing. And uh, I'm not a very explosive athlete, so I got to do these long, this, this well, long stuff, you just, know?
1: It's cool that there's so many options, right? Oh, yeah. There's the endur- so much cool you stuff. You can switch right now. every, you can go to open
0: water swimming if you want. You can do, that'd be cool. The endurance world is never ending options wise. There's no reason not be doing something endurance yeah. racing. Yeah.
2: And just because we get older doesn't mean that uh, we slow down either. I mean, there's some
0: pretty competitive uh, people yeah. out there that I get, are. I get beat by 40-year-olds all the time. Yeah. I get toasted. <laughs> yeah.
2: So that's the that's the beauty of the community that we're in. It's not something that you have to hang them up when, you know, you turn 30 years old. Yeah. You can keep going into your 50s and your 60s. And I've raced with some guys in their 70s, which is absolutely nuts. That's it's crazy. just that, that gives me hope that, you know, there's many, many, many moons to come um, for the cycling stuff.
0: That's why that's why this community's so great, right there. I mean, you know, you're, you're you're talking about people who are committed to something, people who get up early, and people who like to get things done, and that's why I think we all get along. Whenever you go on a ride with somebody who just likes to ride bikes, is because there's a there's a there's a kinship there that's hard to describe. Until I mean, some I'm sure Jake and Matt can agree with this. Some of the best conversations I've ever had and some of my best friends was on a bicycle somewhere, and that's you know that's that's Absolutely. tough to beat. That's tough to find other places
2: yep good stuff all right well we really appreciate your time matt thank you very much yeah, evan absolutely. thank you very much thank you jake um we will see you soon my name is jake with Dowd cycling and we will uh we'll be back in another episode soon have a good one